Morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. Another Monday. I know. They just fly, don't they? Yes, they do. Gee. You got anything special planned for this week, or is it a flop over from last week? I think it's probably a flop over. <laughs> Another pancake. I uh, can't wait until we get into our little mini light and head out someplace. Uh, do you see it in the future? Oh, I do. I do. I'm working on it all the time. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> Uh, if I asked you to remember where you were 70 years ago, could you remember that? Good Lord. Uh, I guess I was on Bunny Hop Road <laughs> in uh, Bitten, Illinois. And uh, I don't remember too much about it. I was a 12-year-old boy 70 years ago <clears throat> whenever I attended the wedding of my oldest brother, Kenneth the late Kenneth Eugene Browning, and uh, his wife, Etta Jean Hall, who is still living in uh, the St. Louis area. Seventy years. That's, uh, that's quite a flashback. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. You need drugs for that. <laughs> Kenneth uh, was, of course, the oldest and therefore <clears throat> the one idolized by the other eight kids uh, because uh, he was quite unique, uh, People wonder where they get their names, but Mom was very proud of the fact that uh, she named Kenneth after a little boy she met up at Cahokia whenever she went visiting with Dad. His name was Kenneth Duncan, and she said he was the cutest kid in the world, and she said uh, if she ever had a child, this was before she was married, if she ever had a child, which was an interesting statement for the mother who eventually, the mother of eight, she was going to name her little boy Kenneth. So sure enough, whenever Kenneth was born, there was no argument. But they were searching for a second name. And Grandpa Browning, Grandpa Robert Alonzo Browning, was in the room back then. The whole family gathered for childbirth because it was a, it was a big medical thing back then. And Robert Alonzo Browning was a follower of the uh, Democrat socialist Eugene Debs. And he insisted, he told uh, Maud, Maudie, that middle name's going to be Eugene. So uh, Kenneth Eugene developed from that. And uh, he uh, had a normal childhood. Uh, everything, according to Mom, was normal in West City until Ken was six years old. And that was the day Dad was brought down at the coal mine with a skull fracture from a fallen rock. And from that day forth, Mom said Ken had to be the father of the house. And uh, she often said Ken was robbed of his childhood because of that, because Ken had a younger brother, Don, who was four, and Kirby was two when that accident happened. So he did become the uh, heir apparent to the uh, fatherhood of that family. <clears throat> and of course, after the accident, mom had to move dad down to a house. Charlie Tiefteller gave him a house down on the big muddy river bottoms. And uh, they got to live down uh, in that house and they actually hunted for food and, and uh, gathered food, berries and things like that, squirrels and fish to live on. And uh, so early childhood, tough times for some people back then. Uh, yes, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't remember too much of it. 
really. I can remember just different small little things, but uh, and probably wouldn't remember that if it weren't for some pictures that uh, my mom took around that time. So, yes, I was an only child. I have no idea what you're talking about at all. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, really? <laughs> that would have been uh, maybe a little bit too much noise for me. <laughs> Well, according to Mom, there were, was a lot of noise because Ken learned to read very early. And she said uh, whenever they did get a newspaper, he would bring it in and lay it on the floor. And Don and Kirby would gather around and later Mary Lou, and he would sit and read the paper. And no adult could understand what he was saying, but the kids understood every word that he said, so he was very smart. And, uh, in fact, uh, he graduated high school, a four-year high school, in three years. And his senior year, the county had a spelling bee. And Mom said they uh, wondered whether they should enroll Ken or not. And uh, she didn't know anything about it. And the teachers enrolled him. And he won the Franklin County Spelling Bee and won a scholarship to the University of Illinois. Oh, my gosh. That's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. University means something to you. Yes, it does. I had a daughter that graduated from the University of Illinois, uh, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Dad said, uh, it surprised me because Dad said uh, he was really sad when Ken won that uh, spelling bee because he said he was proud for him uh, being smart enough to win it and having the opportunity, but he was sad because he knew he could not offer the same thing to Donald, Don and Kirby and Mary, to the rest of his kids. So he felt like that that was a, a hard thing, but ended up, Ken transferred over into uh, St. Louis University and graduated there with a marketing degree, no, a degree in education, and ended up being a teacher. In fact, after he graduated, he was a, a teacher. He was assigned to Douglas School. Mm-hmm. Remember Douglas? Uh, I'm, I've heard these stories before. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, what was the saying like we had for all the schools in Benton? You know, it's um, Stinkin' Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was Douglas? Uh, Douglas was great. Great, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I came from the great green gorillas. Yeah. No, we were the dumb Douglas. <laughs> dumb Douglas. Yeah. It was something. It had to be something. We were the Douglas tornadoes because Ken was assigned to the Douglas School fifth grade as a teacher, and guess who was in the fifth grade? You? Yes. <laughs> I was a student in the fifth grade, and here came this new, fresh teacher out of college. And uh, my buddy said to me, hey, are we going to make a believer out of him, or is he going to make a believer out of us? So we commenced to be the meanest people in the world at school. And, in fact, I got a, a whipping, and back then they did a paddling. I know you never got a paddling. Uh, no, but uh, I knew about those <laughs> Yes, we had a teacher at uh, Grant, um, uh, uh, John Hayes, John D. Hayes, I think. Mr. Hayes was the Frank principal. Hayes. Frank Hayes, okay. Frank Hayes was the principal. Um, he was a very nice-looking, mm-hmm. well-mannered guy, mm-hmm. but he, he had authority in his looks and his voice. But um, the one that was, I hate to say this, if anyone was related to him, 
but um, Ernest Parkhill? Was it Ernest Parkhill? I get their first names wrong for some reason. Anyway, Mr. Parkhill, when he was a, a, a giant man in size, and uh, he used to turn kids' hands right side, you know, like if you mm-hmm. pull them down, like you can't see on podcasts what he would I'm doing. tighten the palm. He would tighten the palm <laughs> and then smack your palm with a wood ruler. Mm. Yes, yes. And then after that, you had to memorize a Bible verse. Mm. It was kind of like some of the movies I've been seeing lately on TV. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Yes, yes. Well, I, there was an Ernie Park Hill and there was a Lauren Park Hill. I think Lauren was a, a more our age. Ernie Park Hill mm-hmm. was who it was. Yeah. Yes, remember well, him. I think Mr. Park Hill was at uh, McKinley School in my uh, third of in the fourth year of my schooling. I was at Douglas, but the schoolhouse burned down, and they ended up transferring everybody to Grand School. So he got to go to Grand School, and you inherited. Ernie Park Hill. Yes, yes. I had some very neat, um, picturesque teachers. Mm. Yeah. You remember Buggy Webb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had, what, two sisters? There was three of the Webb sisters. Yeah. And equal opportunity employers, uh, the school system was, because they stationed one of those crazy women <laughs> at about three different schools. Yeah, I had one in junior high who uh, we called her Buggy Webb, mm-hmm. and she um, would put um, a wastebasket on the top of her head, and she would run around the room, maybe not run, but she was walking very fast, because they were all little short gray-haired ladies around the room uh, to show us about the uh, earth circling the moon or the sun, or whatever it was at the time. And then I had another one that I swiped, I guess, according to the other Mrs. Webb in first grade, uh, somebody's peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm still a fiend over peanut butter and jelly today. But uh, now her, guess, great thing of punishment was she had a piano that she played very loud and very hard for music class. And it was over... uh, a corner. And so your punishment in her class was there was a little chair sitting in that corner behind the piano. And uh, your punishment was to go back there and sit where no one could see you. And it was uh, especially uh, unnerving when it was music class and you were sitting back there because it got very loud. So, yes. I think the uh, Webb sisters were born to be female prison Wardens. Jack <laughs> could have been more like an insane home. <laughs> yes. Back to the fifth grade at Douglas School, I did everything <laughs> I could do to make it bad for Ken. And I got a whipping, a big paddle whipping from Ken every morning and a big paddle whipping from Bob Hungett every afternoon. And one night at the supper table, Dad wanted to know how everybody was doing. And that's when Ken uh, just casually mentioned that he got to whip me again. And Dad wanted more information, and Ken told him, said, well, Joe's so bad that we have to whip him twice a day. So Dad thought a little bit, and he looked at Ken, and and he looked at me, and he said, Joe, uh, for every whipping you get at school, you're going to get one at home. 
And uh, so Dad was, went on eating, and pretty soon he looked at Ken, and he said, Ken, for every whipping Joe gets at school, you're going to get one at home. And so after supper, we met, Ken and I met, and made a deal. We never got another <laughs> whipping, neither he nor I. But he was uh, the fifth-grade teacher, uh, taught the first year at Douglas School, and then he went off, and uh, he ended up teaching at Whittington. He taught at Belleville one year or a couple of years, and then he taught at Whittington. And uh, then he went into uh, St. Louis, uh, into the uh, Chrysler Corporation as an executive of Chrysler Corporation. Uh, quite a smart and intelligent guy, a good leader. Uh, he uh, was a great brother. Uh, I was, you know, how could you not be a good brother to a 12-year-old? I have no idea. <laughs> I With all your brothers and sisters? I, I would have cherished a 12-year-old brother. He... Uh, Ended up uh, in fifth grade. The thing I remember most was uh, I was in the fifth grade. I was nine years old because I started to school whenever I was five. And uh, he was the basketball coach, coach of the Douglas Tornadoes. And I wanted to be on the team. But the problem was we missed the school bus if we did practice after school. And he had to, mom wouldn't let me walk home. We lived three miles out south of town. And he, she made uh, Ken walk me home three miles after our basketball practice. Well, that was okay until he met a sweet little dark-headed girl over on Taylor Street, Etta Jean Hall, and uh, the, uh, the daughter of Robert Hall, a plumber. And uh, he would walk me three miles home to the farm and turn around and walk back to Taylor Street to court Jean. And you could obviously see that he despised me, you know, for having to do that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I can see he, he really didn't like you at all any time, did he? <laughs> well, he shouldn't have. No. <laughs> he shouldn't have. But in, uh, in uh, August 18th, 70 years ago today, he married Etta Jean, and I was there. Uh, I can remember very few incidents um, of my life with Ken because he was away at college during those formative years. But uh, he began immediately. Uh, he, they moved to St. Louis, and as I said, he was in uh, management in Chrysler Corporation. And let's see if I can remember his kids. This is a test of memory. Oh, yeah. He's, he's worse than your mom. Oh, yes, yes. Debbie Jean was first, uh, the idol of my mom and dad's eye. Kenny Allen came along, and then Robert Terrence. And then Laura Lee, uh, their little girl who got sick with pneumonia and the lining of the lungs, and she died at five months of age, and what a horrible time that was. Richard Dale followed, and then Eric James, Jennifer Lee, and Garrett Barney rounded out the uh, children for Kenneth and Jane. And my memory is really good, especially with my paper here with them all <laughs> written out, because I didn't dare trust my memory. I don't trust my memory with anything anymore. Oh, no, me either. Um, one of the things Ken would do is whenever he would come into the town, into town, uh, he would stop by and visit. And one day he was visiting. Of course, I was in radio, <clears throat> and I never went any place without my recorder. And one day we were we were at the house, and Ken came in, and and I just turned on the recorder while he was leaned back talking. And I'm going to play a little excerpt from that. Oh, neat. Okay. Start over. On the way to the wedding, I had an accident. Both 
went to heaven. They got up there and they petitioned St. Peter. They will you please marry us? Because we were killed on our way to the wedding. And St. Peter said, let me arrange it. So four years later, St. Peter came to them and said, I have it arranged. You can get married. And they did. And very shortly thereafter found out they really didn't like each other. And they go back to St. Peter and say, we want a divorce. And St. Peter says, my gosh, it took me four years to find a preacher. How long do you think it'll take me to find an attorney? <laughs> he was a salesman, consummate salesman, and uh, a good storyteller. Yeah, he sounded so much like Kirby, mm. didn't he? Yeah. Oh, I mean, just I, when I first heard his voice, Kirby's face flashed in my mind. Yeah, yeah they sound a lot alike. So today, the 70th anniversary would have been for Ken and Jean. Uh, like we mentioned, Ken passed away in uh, 1999, uh, day after Christmas, and we miss him terribly and have for a number of years. But being the oldest of eight children, he's been the idol of our eyes, and uh, we wish Ken and Jean a happy anniversary. Yes, absolutely. Happy anniversary, guys. Uh, any other memories you have of uh, 70 years ago, Miss Evelyn? No. All I remember and can see is a picture of me in long pigtails. Mm. Yeah, that's about all I see. 70 years. Mm-hmm. Think we'll stay married 70 years? Uh, I doubt it. I really, really doubt it. It has nothing to do with your pleasing personality. It's just that we would have to be like uh, 130. <laughs> or we could be uh, uh, kindly uh, mathematicians, and we could take your number of years married and my number of years married and add them to our number of years married. I know. Let's do that. Then we could have a big 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, God. It'd be more like 100. <laughs> Well, if we're going to add them both together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love you, darling. Love you. Yeah. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.